1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is supported by SafeBand. SafeBand is the indigo silicone wristband that lets people know that you or a member of your family has been vaccinated to protect them from COVID-19. And with every SafeBand that's ordered by you or people like you, we donate one to a frontline key worker or vulnerable member of the community. Slowly, life will return to how it once was. Until then, we're determined to get things back to normal for those who've taken the first step. Find out more by clicking the link in the description or visiting safeband.me.
0: Hello and welcome to Footballistically, Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. Psychic Josh is in Soho House as usual, looking resplendent after a long run and a shower. No, no shower. A long run, uh, no haircut. And um, today we are. Today's Tuesday, I believe, and we've taken um, nearly three days now to respond to the events uh, at West Ham. Two days, two months. But we thought, you know, we thought we'd let it. Sinking because because it's so bewildering that game it was such a like, how how do you respond to that we thought we'd give, give it a few hours 48 at least hours actually the real reason we're doing this um on tuesday is because it was josh's birthday so happy birthday josh thank you very much boys how
2: old how that. young are you i'm 34 so oh! my dr- my <laughs> dreams of uh dreams of making it as a professional are, are not quite over yet i'm still held, holding out hope um but it's looking ever more unlikely as the years go by i would say
3: what the was definition your... of being an old arsenal fan is if you can remember time <laughs> before arsène Wenger.
2: well just about i do my my first game was 1993 and i do then remember a, oh you know a God. few games particularly of that cup winners cup um route to the to the final more actually in, in 95 rather than 94 um many of the listeners of the podcast will know that um, I'm related to Alan Sefton, who is, was involved in the club for, for well over 30 years, running Arsenal in the community, who we must get on um, for a podcast at some point. Um, and one perk in the, uh, in the mid-90s of his role at Arsenal did mean the occasional back row, unsellable ticket in either the clock end or the North Bank would occasionally make way to, uh, to me. And what do so you, you would mean, you like have- restricted view? Like hardcore restrictive view, like like arcing your neck. Even as what what must yeah. I have been an eight year old and yeah. I could barely see the other end of the pitch. But yeah, um, I remember the pre venger days a little bit, which is why I'm so grateful for all those wonderful years that Arson gave mm. us. The, the
0: voice you heard by the way a minute ago was Tim Payton. Tim, uh, I hadn't introduced you because I was building up to it. But you know, I like to I like to bury the leads. Tim, how are you? <laughs> I'm very good, thank you. Uh, not your birthday. Uh, no. This week, no, okay, Josh. I was about to ask you what's your be- what's the best present you've had
2: this week? Wow, the uh, the best present um, that I had this week. That's uh, it's interesting. I got I just got a great. It's a really boring, like a summer coat that um, that my wife got me. That yeah. I really yeah, liked it um, from a brand a brand called Percival, who are one of these like mm. they're based in the middle of nowhere in East London, yeah. um, and I'm quite yeah I'm quite quite keen on them. There's a there's a plug. I'm mm. sure the uh, They'll be inundated now with people checking them up, but they they are great, Did and you, it's actually nice. They're like a small East London company based in, very near Hackney Wick, and I think once you've gone in and seen like, you know, when you when you go on a business online, you don't. But when you've gone in and seen that it's actually a very small operation with like five of them, um, in the middle of Hackney Wick, it was sort of nice. So I do feel a sense of loyalty. So we got a coat from there. So That was a long winded answer.
0: No, yeah, right, yeah.
2: I didn't get. Um, I was tempted. Have you seen if that Arsenal Adidas four two four? Yeah. Collection, did you yeah. get any of that? I was tempted. No, I was I tempted, did. yeah.
0: But, um, Dan Baldwin, um, uh, ex regular guest, um, he's got to come back. We've he'll, he'll be back, it. he'll come back, he'll come back. He's a busy man, but he got some stuff, he got a whole box of stuff, um, from that collection, yeah. And it he, is quite, it's quite nice. Not
2: gifted, he bought
0: it, no, 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 he bought it, yeah, bought it, yeah.
2: yeah. I assume he bought well, it, I think he bought it yeah. I, because Mikel Arteta was wearing the hoodie, yes. and I was quite tempted by the hoodie, it's nice, yeah. Did you yeah, want Tim, what were you about to say?
3: I was gonna say you, you need to go quick and use your 10% discount connected to your membership because oh. according to Arsenal, that's the largest, that's got a large element of value in that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's why silver members are having to, silver members are having to pay like again. <laughs> and when they're saying, yeah, but we couldn't use our membership, at like, oh, Yes, you could, you had 10% off. In all Arsenal retail <laughs> out
0: there. Oh God! You know
2: that's a good reminder. Thanks, Tim. I know. I, I, I don't can't... think I ever joined up with my. I've got a silver membership. I don't think I ever bothered with it for this year, but on the grounds that it was, you know, redundant. But uh, hopefully the club won't kick me out. If they do, Tim, I'm calling you to sort it out. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, you're anyway, allowed back in. Anyway, before good. we um, prattle on about this nonsense any longer, it's my fault. I blame myself. Um, let's talk about the uh, the most exciting game of the season now. Um, my question is: First of all, um, Arteta in all in all the post match interviews, amazing game, brilliant, you know, blah blah blah. But in all the post match interviews, he was like, um, "Going it's unacceptable. We let those goals in." Um, he was talking about how he could not believe how badly we started. What I didn't see was him taking any responsibility for what I consider to be a whack team selection, like um, you know, just playing um, Aubameyang on the right um just as one example playing Pablo Mari and um uh who else is playing in the back Luis Luis who looked dodgy I thought Luis looked dodgy in the European game the week before you know he plays practically every fucking week Luis and he has been he's had a really good season don't get me wrong but he's definitely looked tired and slow in the last couple of games and did carry on that 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 I feel like um, form in the game against West Ham it was just a bit of a weird team selection, wasn't it? And I think he, he has to take some, some responsibility. Because if you set us up, if you set a team up quite badly or weirdly, um, when the, you, could, you had a consistency of structure, et cetera, over the last few weeks, and then they start the game really badly, basically you, could, you completely give, give the opposition the momentum. And that's exactly how West Ham started. We barely touched the book for the first 20 minutes. He has to take some responsibility, doesn't he, Tim?
3: Yes, he does. Um, but he's Teflon at the moment. You know, when it doesn't go right, it's the players' fault. They don't have the right concentration or the wrong players. Um, when it goes well, he, he, he gets credit. I mean, you know, he has to take responsibility for the fact that Arsenal sit ninth in the table and have gone out of both cups early and are scraping through in the Europa League. But that said, because obviously that sounds a bit negative, there are some green shoots there and the last couple of games i mean well in the sense of spurs and west ham have probably been the two most enjoyable games of the whole season um and it was really, it was yeah. really watchable I it's not i don't know whether going 3-0 down and then coming back to draw it is you know is is long term a recipe for success but it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun oh yeah it was amazing i loved it what's certainly going on at the moment and it's going to be very interesting and will probably define the finish to the season and it, it you know, it's really, you know, how do you get it right? Is the is playing Europa League and Premier League. Mm. And, and, you know, trying to rotate, keep the squad up for it every game. What actually matters now? I, I got the feeling, you know, and in a way to come back, but I was thinking to myself, uh, sort of uh, 3-0, this is a team that's given up on the league. You know, and, yeah. and everything now, everything is channeled into, into the Europa League, where there are only, he says, only five games to go. But that's quite high risk. But I think we'll see quite a lot more of this sort of hot and cold till the end of the season.
0: Yeah, what do you think, Josh? Because I think, I mean, again, I, I, think, I think without getting into the nitty-gritty of the of the of the three, or I just thought it was such a, going back to the team selection and everything, and the and the tactics and the positionally where Aubameyang was playing, particularly um, who had a not who had a. The poor game, generally, and Zaka, you know, bring bring about Zaka, Zaka look, is looking a bit tired and maybe slightly overplayed. Just generally, um, and and Louise, the Louise factor again as well. It just we just started so badly, and I think, and you know, everyone's going on about the players, but he he has to take blame, doesn't
2: he? I just think this uh, this game summed up. You could say this season. You could say. Uh, Arteta's reign—you could say the last however many years of Arsenal—just infuriating. But enough glimmers to go. Hang on, we've got something here. I can get excited behind this. And I think if you're in the Arteta has has largely been a disappointment. The league position doesn't lie. You know he's he's had enough time. It's not good enough. Then you then you point to the fact that you know it was as shambolic as it could be. Really, that first um much of that first half however if you're in the you know Arteta has mm-hmm. still got to reboot this whole squad and has got such a job to do in the long run then you find that you, then you find the positives and there are huge positives to find because as Tim said that second half was as enjoyable um as as Arsenal have been in 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 recent memory so I think Arteta will will take some blame, but it was interesting. I thought, I don't know what you guys thought about Lacazette's comments because he came out and almost, it felt like he defended Arteta really because he was saying, well, we didn't carry out the, you know, the plan. He was shifting blame onto the players as well. That was interesting as well. I think what he meant. I think
0: what he meant by that. My interpretation. I mean, surely Aubameyang didn't just decide to play on the right of his own accord. He must have been yeah. told to play there. I mean, that's so. It was bizarre when Lacazette said that. You're right. And I was thinking, well, the manager sent you out, sent you out with the weird with the weird instructions anyway. Um, then he said we wouldn't. We didn't. But it, we did play. We, Leno in the passing out from the back situation, which was which has become one of our Achilles heels all over again. Just when I thought, you know, I thought we'd kind of sorted that out about a month ago, but no, I'm not so sure. But we, he kicked it long quite a lot, Leno, didn't he? I thought that was one element. I was, you know, whereas in recent weeks, we've been we've been led to believe he's always going to play out for the back. He's never going to go long, hardly ever. But in, in the first half particularly, he did, he did keep kicking it out, Tim, when... West Ham full front line was pressuring us very effectively, and and I wonder, and I and I and I don't know whether that's one thing that, like was talking about when we said we didn't, and, and we're, by the way, every time that happened, we, we invariably lost the ball in um, to West Ham's taller players. What did you think of that?
3: It was a very interesting comment because it was quite specific as well. Like it, it wasn't it wasn't out the, the sort of media yeah. training of defending yeah. at the end of an interview or being happy, does it? What was he really saying? I think there's something really strategic and really interesting developing there, which up until very recently, we'd have said, well, it's obvious. Who leaves Arsenal this summer, Lacazette or well, neither. The, well, or Well, I actually think that may well be the answer yeah. Yeah. For, for, for various reasons to do I with do, yeah. contract length and what they're being paid and so on. Although an awful lot of people have, you know it's been a received wisdom and I'm not sure I agree with it that Lacazette goes partly to create some money um, I'm not sure who pays money for him at that age but and you talk about Aubameyang being in the wrong position I think it was a very interesting call by Arteta to to drop him for the last yeah. game and it for me it was never about whether you know if we'd have Beaten Spurs, it showed he got everything right. And if we'd lost, it, it showed he got everything wrong. To me, that's something that plays out over 12 months now. And do you, in effect, enter a, a version of the Ozil saga again, which is, you know, elderly player, final contract, very <laughs> very, very, very big contract. Yeah. Um, and uh, y- y- you all know kind of where I'm heading or what the scenario could be. Yeah. He's not mm. going anywhere and he's paid a lot of money. Do- how he's treated is going to be really yeah. important to what you get out of Arsenal. Is him being played there? Is that a way of getting him in the team but recognising what yeah. he offers in holding the ball? I think there's a bit more of that going on. Oh, I but, agree. But that call of around yeah. those two is massive, actually, for the squad over the next 18 months, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely because that's what I was hinting at. What this is, This is... My feeling is, is that because recent, for quite a long time now, Lacazette and Aubameyang have alternated, haven't they? You know, mm. mostly either, it's either been one or the other, in which case you've had Aubameyang, even when he's played him until he dropped him for the Spurs game, you've had him with a three behind him, which worked out quite well. You know, three creative players, Odegaard, smith Rose, Zaka, whatever, and uh, maybe Pepe sometimes. And the same and the same with Lacazette. Now Lacazette is better at holding up the ball. I thought he was amazing at holding up the ball, had one of his best games as far as that was concerned, didn't he, against West Ham? And showed what that Obamiang isn't isn't as good as doing that. But, but having said that, Aubameyang is brilliant at suddenly conjuring up a chance from the merest opportunities supplied by those creative players. So I think the creative players behind both of them works really well, but this was the first time for a long time he's played them together. And I think you're right. I think he was shoehorning in Aubameyang, particularly because he wanted to show that he wasn't, there was no hangover from the dropping him after Spurs. I know he played him in the European game, right? But I think he wanted to show I'm mean, continually, there's no problem now. You know, we're over that, incident at spurs him arriving late, so I'm going to pick him. But then you're hostage to fortune because he didn't have a good game, and it meant he, and you can't really substitute your captain and your star player. But like you could have, done, could have substituted him at half, a half time. It'd been another player in that who played that badly or so he didn't contribute much he probably would have substituted at half time I think but he couldn't do it with a whammy because he would have been furious even when he substituted him in the end and whatever minute it was later on in the game he was still angry until we scored a minute later and they had the big so I think he's it's difficult for him yeah to to not play or but Lacazette's form has been great so he's been playing him
2: I, I think it was just um it's one thing to say that Arteta can write in his program notes and speak to the cameras and go, it's an instant, put it behind us. We don't know how necessarily a Bamiang truly, you know, feels from, from, from what happened. Um, you imagine it's not completely blown over from, from, you know, from his side, but, but who quite knows, but I think you're right. It, there's something about it. If you, you think about teams gone by at Arsenal, the idea of a, your your captain being subbed off it you know, it's all, almost unheard of. I mean, okay, it's a long time ago, but Thierry, you know, dur- during that period, it would never have happened. You know, the the impact, the, the strength on that team, and yet it was a it kind of felt like a no brainer. Who who should be the first one off on Sunday? It was it, it was an absolute um, no brainer. I think you're you're 100 right. I think that was Arteta trying to show, yeah it's all behind us getting back in the team and just find a way to make it work. Whereas, you know, it was, you know, Pepe is, is, is probably unlucky. I mean, we've, we've been critical at times, but I think he's unlucky to have sort of been excluded from some, some recent lineups. Um, And, you know, I just, I just was thinking back to, you know, it was one of the last away games we would have gone to, I guess at some point last season. And, you know, Martinelli was fantastic. Pepe scored at West Ham last year. I just felt it was, yeah, it wasn't quite the right lineup for this uh, for this particular game. Uh, I totally totally agree with you. Um, but um, what was what was exciting, I guess, again was was Odegaard. And I know you love Smith Rowe, but if it yeah. is a case where one of them is going to be picked over the other, you know, Smith um, Odegaard has done a lot to make himself sort of undroppable of late. And I don't know you you, you so long associate kind of lone players with not really having the significant. Impact and you know I can't quite remember the like the last time we had a clamour for a lone player to stay and it's actually quite exciting to have one of those situations where fingers crossed they they can get that deal done. Well, Tim, yeah, it's been a brilliant signing, isn't it, Tim? Surely now we can say.
0: I mean, I think I don't know how um, we certainly had people like Tony Adams and Freddie Ljungberg casting doubt on 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 that that purchase, that loan purchase of Odegaard. But he's been, he has been he's played better and better and better every single week since he started. Arteta clearly absolutely loves him, and you can see why. Technically incredible. And he had just an amazing game, didn't he, against West Ham? So, yeah, he, he that, that I think for me, and actually, I, I thought... Sooner or later, we had gone. to strike lucky
3: with a kind of <laughs> a loan, a Spanish loan, uh, well, out of one of the big Spanish clubs, one of their midfield rejects. Uh, and I think I downplayed it a little bit in my mind because we'd had Denis Suarez, we'd had Sebelis, um, and I was kind of like, oh, it's probably going to be another one of these, you know. By the time they settle, get out the English winter, it's almost too late. But he is a he is different gravy, isn't it? He there is real quality there. Now, of course, I'm worried that he's too good, and Madrid will just summons him back to run their midfield yeah. next year.
0: Yeah, it's a good, it's a fair point, isn't it? It's like, what do you do? Do you you know, do you bang on about how good he's been, or and do you? I mean, they're, they're going to notice, aren't
3: they? <laughs> well, not maybe, that. maybe they're distracted. Maybe we can send us back to them and tell you know, and just not tell them, what like mm. swap mm. the names on the back of shirts or something. Yeah, uh, no, they are they are going to notice. I don't follow it in great detail. There seems to be the suggestion that that he doesn't fit um, with the current regime with Zidane. But if things change at Madrid, then. Then, then who knows? And, of course, they've got other people to deal with, including, you know, Gareth Bale. So they've got a lot of ways Oh, yeah, Gareth to Bale. The,
0: Gareth Bale said and, he's going back. He wants to go back. What crazy, crazy, crazy uh, lunatic is. <laughs> um, he is. I'm sure he's, that's
3: just the agent negotiating with the biggest uh, possible payoff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 and so on. But, yeah, I, I expect it will be a challenge to keep Odegaard, but let's just enjoy him and hope that he can stay.
0: I do think I do think it's like um, possible that he would, wouldn't he? I think a I, I think Zidane is quite a stubborn man, isn't he? And I think you know if, if he does stay there, I mean that is, as you say, it's hardly questionable. Um, but if he does, then I convict that stubbornness could well be on in our benefit because he played him a handful of times, and that was that. And and he clearly there was an interview with him. I read an interview with him yesterday. Yesterday, where Odegaard was talking about how, how 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 brilliant Arteta's been with him, how he's learnt so much, how even he, he only over time. many has gone wrong is when he's ignored what he taught him. And so, and I just think when you're the incumbent, it's like when you're a club that's got a loan signing, and they're doing playing really well and they're having a really good time. That does give you a big advantage in in some ways. Almost, I if, have, yeah.
3: I would have thought that there's absolutely there's a very very strong advantage. You won't go anywhere else. You know, if he's going yeah. to do another year's loan while right. Madrid take stock and 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 really wait, then I'd have thought absolutely yes. The only the only issue would be if they call him back for their first team.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I just think for a moment. I think for a moment, uh, let's give credit to. I mean, you. you I know you. You were funny. got funny about saying uh, last? Finally, you know, one of these has worked, but. This is the under this regime, isn't it? This regime went out and found for me, I said this at the time to give myself some credit, the perfect signing in our last transfer window. Cause the missing creativity was the thing we were missing. Then Emile Smith Rowe came in and partly, partly dealt with that. But then Odegaard came in partly as a as a backup or, you know, another alternative. But that, that when they played Together, like they did against Spurs. And I think, I think the, the big team selection cock-up against West Ham was they didn't just use that system against West Ham, as you did against Spurs, and have Odegaard and Smith-Rowe. And then it would be either, you know, Aubameyang or Lacazette up in front of them. I think t- toying with that was what made it start so badly. Anyway, what I'm saying is credit to the regime for getting Odegaard. What a brilliant, brilliant signing. And, it's, and I don't think it has killed Emile Smith-Rowe either, because Emile Smith-Rowe is still getting yep. a lot of game time.
2: Josh, yeah, no, I think I think that's fair. And um, look, Smith Smith Rowe has. Um, well, I saw he got nominated, didn't he, in the uh, London uh, Football Awards that, that um, Bob Wilson and his uh, his wife do every year with the Willow Foundation. You know, Smith Rowe and Saka both both nominated and, and both you know have had tremendous impacts this season. I I, I do think you know look, just looking back to Sunday just just for a moment more. Watching the highlights again, I mean, we were really lucky. I think we have to exert. I mean, West Ham was so close to getting a fourth goal and killing the game um, on a couple of occasions. You, not only the, you know, the Antonio miss that, you know, was sort of, you know, had to be seen to be believed, it was just so unlucky. But the block from Tierney uh, as well in, in that second half. I think you know Arsenal fans sort of at the end who were almost frustrated. You know, could have could have gone on and win it. I think we were very lucky to to get away with a point. And um, I think if if we can take a you know we've already got a point against West Ham, that game against Liverpool, you know, Tim spoke about. You know, is it all in on the basket of of the Premier League? Uh, that that Liverpool, I think, result coming up after the international break is the one that dictates whether it is or it isn't. You can go and win that game. Yeah, you know you're you're in with a chance, um, and if you're not, um, then I think we're going to struggle because one of the things that is important is about who we've got games left against this season. I don't know if you saw there was a you know an article it was on Football Three Six Five today, uh, publishing the average league position of the opponents you have left during the season, and we are uh, top, so to speak, as in our average opponent opponents. Are lower than everyone else, so it's just so important whether we for the can, rest of the season.
3: You mean, can, yeah the for the rest of the season. Right, yeah, yeah. But that's but not a good the, thing, Josh.
2: <laughs> no, I no. disagree. I know you can say, oh, the teams are going to be fighting to keep up, but you throw Sheffield United in there. I'm sorry, like you know, they've barely got barely got any points. I think by the time we we hopefully play, I think it's Brighton. They'll be safe. I think. I think actually there are some some reasonable some reasonable games that that, that we have, and uh, and that's why we just. We just got to keep in, in contention and that's why I felt the point was important particularly as well because West Ham are one of those teams that we're going to have to somehow finish above even though it feels ridiculous to say that so, they're seven points ahead so Josh where do you want to finish and how, well I, I, I think he... uh, I think you know obviously six would be uh, it's got to be the target I mean you're six points off with nine to go it's it's incredibly tough but that's got to be the target isn't it so six not seven well uh, what, what do you think, Tim? What do you think is realistic?
3: Well, I, I, I do actually agree with you. I think we're we'll going to the final couple of games with a chance of six or seven. Yeah. I remember last time I was on, I can't remember, someone was using the ridiculous R word. Oh my God, we might get relegated. And I was like, don't be silly. You know, this we, we will be in that cut for sort of seventh, eighth at the end of the season. And I think that, but I do think that, that, that as, I, as I said before, what's really interesting is where would you prioritise would you prioritize the league which is a bit more solid you've got more games you've got more to aim at or would you now start playing your fittest strongest best 11 in the europa league and take the chance in the premier league how would you how would you manage the resources and the focus
0: well i think i mean it's a good question but i think you know, there's a lot you could say that um the league And the Europa, are, you know, you could have different. You could you could rotate five or six players, right? That's one way of of doing it. But I think even I think he can rotate like the centre backs pairing. I mean, I think he chose the wrong one in the West Ham game mainly because Louis, you know, I think is is is, had a little dip in form. But we've got enough centre backs, haven't we, that to rotate? And I know we haven't kept a clean sheet for what is it, like ages? But what you know, I'm saying, really, what you're saying is we really haven't got a best two. Exactly. Thank you. So you know, so it's <laughs> not so, a good thing, is it? Well, I know, but in but in a way, when it comes to like when you're saying should he should he come up with you know should he, should he pick out obviously our best side for the Europa right? Well, in a way, that's a bit redundant because he does. We don't, don't know what our best. Right. Well, I mean, so I'm not saying you know, it's deliberate, but I'm saying rotate the defend the central defenses. That's fine. You can have a little bit of rotation with Cedric Hector. Hector wasn't even in the scroll, was he against West Ham? Um, and now Callum Chambers, when we need to mention Callum's incredible game. I mean, that was absolutely extraordinary, just by the by. The new Cafu, as um Carragher very amusingly called him on, on, on the on, on the um commentary. And then up front, similarly, I think you know, when you got that, you've got Emil rowe Odegaard, Odegaard's playing every single game. Great, fine. But Pepe, Saka, and the Lacazette or Bamiang rotation. Again, so, what I saw So do you know why? Do you know it's it's not it's not that bad having both both competitions, if you see what I mean. I think if he really is careful, and I think he was a little bit not careful in the West Ham, as I said right at the beginning of the podcast twice about his team selection, but I think if he's just slightly more careful, and he can rotate it just enough for, us to be, to, for it not to be such an issue do you know what I mean, Josh? Look, that, so I actually think a little bit of rotation. Sure, he has to do between the Europa and the, and B. I don't think he can. I don't think he can and should or needs to have one obvious A team that he plays in the Europa
2: over the league. Well, it's going to be fascinating. But if you look at the odds as, as pure odds, we are three to one to win the Europa League. We are six to one to finish in the top six uh, in the Premier League. So. If you were it's using six that, I just uh,
0: ask, sorry, is six is six what we need for the Europa? It's seventh isn't good enough, is that right? Is that
3: Well, seventh gives you the the new UA for Confederation? Oh yeah, game. we
0: don't want that. All right, fuck that. <laughs> okay,
3: so let's, let's say six. Well, let's, that'll let's take go. us to countries we've never heard
0: of boy. Oh god, okay.
2: So okay, carry on, Josh. Sorry, yeah. So we need we should so, if that's a barometer then it you know there's clearly you know a much more implied chance of, of success in the uh, Europa League i guess so much you the it was- Cup though so we-
3: it's a small exclusive on the on the yeah. confeder- it's probably not that much of an exclusive if you know Arsenal but they have kindly told me that they will include it in the season ticket even if we play in the European <laughs> Confederation League but it will have a new pricing structure that will look like European League Cup plus
2: do they pay us to go to those games? <laughs> Not That's a so... new structure. <laughs> when are those games going to be played,
0: for fuck's sake, by the way?
3: On the Thursday night <sighs> of, I don't know, like squeezed in. I don't know. How Come are
0: they going to the... – whose idea was this whole fucking – I remember when this thing just suddenly arrived and all our consciousnesses. Like, oh, yeah, there's this other thing now. Well, how do... what, what? How? How is it – it, It's for teams that aren't very good in Europe.
2: We oh, um, should give it its full know, title. If
3: you, if you win it, you get a chance to play in the Europa League next year. <laughs> you get oh, what do you get if you win it? The Euro, the, the UEFA Confederations League trophy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. as meaningless. It's going to be like the charity shield. I hate that you know that tedious argument of some people seeing the charity shield as a
2: fucking trophy when it's not. Carry on. You, I think it's, it's called the UEFA Europa Conference League. Is, oh, is that right? Conference, why? Actually not why? Yeah, Conference League. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that. I mean, I, the good news is that, uh, you know, all the broadcasters have already committed to it. It will be on BT Sports, so we'll still get uh, get that option if you uh, if you don't attend. That's going to be
0: a challenge for all their BT Sports channels, isn't it? I mean, I know they've got a lot of uh, – but even so, okay. Now, Anyway, well, um, no, well, what,
3: no,
2: what I was saying – no
3: extra English team in Europe. It's just in a different competition. Oh, so if okay. you think about it, they're just—they're still broadcasting Arsenal. It's just right. eight thousand people at the Emirates watching <laughs> watching us play Slovenia's second team. Whoever it's going to be, Slovenia's so second team. Are, the name slips me at the moment.
0: It is going to be humiliating. I guess it makes the people makes like being in the Europa though. I guess feel much nicer now. Yeah. Like Europa was the humiliating.
3: What, I, what I'm not sure is I think that the. But If you come third in the Europa League group stage, you go down to Oh, us.
0: my God. <laughs> Absolute humiliation.
3: Um, so, which is partly why I did start off by asking, where do you want to come? I mean, do you want to avoid... Yes, we plays? do. But the answer is that for Arsenal, they. I think it would still probably make them £20 million more than nothing.
0: Yeah, um, we need that. Which,
3: yeah. if that's the difference of signing Odegaard, then you do suck it up and play through... The the league, I can tell because I I have the advantage of seeing Josh's face at the moment. I think he's reading about
2: it and learning. I'm on the Wikipedia. There are 184 teams that will uh, will be involved in the Europa Conference League, Uh, but yeah, people basically drop into this um, competition at so many points. It's it's an incredibly complex tournament, but you're, you're essentially right. So, for example, all the teams that lose in the Europa League playoff round to even get into the Europa League they would then fall into the um group stage uh situation of of this tournament and then even the teams that are in the Europa League the eight um third place teams from the Europa League would then fall in as well so but so basically it's uh very much the the bottom it's of where the European pile gets shoved <laughs> It's um you 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 can fall into it um from from various heights. I guess seems. it's
0: like back in my day, back in our day. For those of us whose birthday, thirty fourth birthday, wasn't um this week, when you had you had the you had the European Cup, the Cup Winners' Cup, of course, and the UEFA Cup, didn't you? So there were three European competitions.
2: Yeah, yeah, but uh,
3: quite high standard.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the Cup Winners' Cup was was far less, you know, far less teams involved and was knockout from the outset. Yeah. yeah production yeah, yeah. of, of leagues has been uh yeah you know just dragged out that there's you know way way more games aren't there
3: anyway I mean, what's really exciting is that when we our first game back after this little break is a head to head with Liverpool for who gets to play in the UEFA yeah, conference league yeah it's a good point <laughs> I think Liverpool
2: are gonna make the top four I think they've got too much I think they'll they'll get back into well what's it now, annoying I think, I'll it's tell it's you what is annoying but as we speak right now um with Liverpool are only four points ahead
0: of us right So if we beat them, that will be spectacular. We'd be one point behind them. Exactly. It's a playoff. And what's really annoying, you're right, but what is really annoying is is Liverpool have been terrible, haven't they, for like ages, and, and suddenly they're kind of put the break on and they're kind of doing all right again now and they've kind of realised they have to play their central defenders in central defence rather than their midfielders and I wouldn't even be surprised I don't know what the fuck's happening with um, Van Dyke, for example but I wouldn't be surprised suddenly he comes back and he's fine when we, we're we playing I, I, I do I slightly agree with is it you, was it
2: you just said Josh that we probably won't beat them yeah I'm slightly no I think it's, it's still a very tight I mean there's such a talent to that forward line and like you say they have slightly sorted out themselves and you know in the last I don't think
3: you you think they'll come Come top four, I don't because I actually think that Chelsea won Chelsea, the Derby incredible. game with us by losing yeah. because it meant that they got yeah. rid of their intern and our intern carried
0: on <laughs> Ooh. Ah. I mean um, Thomas Tuchel has done an incredible job hasn't he because, I'm going to yeah, ask you po- <laughs> I have to, I'm, going to, I'm going to ask you one question which is if we could have got Thomas Tuchel in the period when we were terrible this season, I mean, you know, and we'll kind of, and some some guests on this podcast, some of the older guests this were calling for Arteta's head at that point. If we'd have could have got Thomas Tuchel then, w- would you have, would you, go, would you go for it? Knowing what we know now as to where we are in the league now and where Chelsea is in the league now, or would you have stayed loyal to Arteta? Tim, oh, Tim oh. listeners, Tim is looking, he can he's weighing it up. I,
3: I, I almost feel like, Six months ago, probably, yes. I I mean, I think people know. I'm not anti-Arteta. And at the moment, I'm of the view that I would give Arteta another year, partly because I think chopping and changing again, where does that get you? But I do think it was wrong, almost as a point of principle, to put Arsenal in the hands of, I said it sort of jokingly, or to provoke a reaction of the intern. I think Mm. Arsenal is too big a project, and particularly a challenge at the moment, to put someone in who had never chosen a team in his life before. Never chosen a team and sat on the bench. And you talk about some of the substitutions and some of the picks. And in many ways, look look what Thomas Tuchel has done with that Chelsea squad, you know, compared yeah. to Lampard, who was all almost as inexperienced as Arteta. That said, Arteta is gaining his experience on the job. We can see some green shoots. I do like the the the, the attitude there. And I'm of the view that almost whatever, you know, I suppose the worst case is. Finish eighth and lose the Europa League final won't lose the quarterfinal. You know, I would still probably say I've seen enough. Mixed with but don't don't do a change almost because it has to be done on Arteta. But I wasn't. Yeah, I think we have. You know, he's only probably still in his job because he replaced Emery.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. There's been—I was going to go go to a break. Actually, let's go to a break and then we'll pick up pick this up because there's a le- epic Twitter discussion that's been going on the last couple of days. I wanted to touch upon while we're talking about Emery and Arteta, but let's have a quick break first.
3: If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct.
1: Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on instagram with hashtag coolerkingbike cooler.bike e bikes that are cool af
0: and we're back do you know what i'm talking about uh, josh this um twitter no is it that we
3: might play him in the semi final
0: oh no 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 it was it was basically all started with alan Alga. great man <laughs> He, as he does fairly regularly, tweeted his stats about the comparing the, um, the uh, record of Arteta and, Emer- and Emery. And he started, so it started just after the game on Sunday. Um, and it's been carrying on ever since. It's still going on today. Um, and it's with, it, I think I would say the main crux of it is LeGrove, Le who also you know, has his own podcast, etc., but he also used to be on his podcast quite a lot, saying that you can't compare the two because this has been a COVID season. Alan, I think you know, yeah. Alan kind of going well. Everyone's had to face COVID. The um, Grove going—that's not what I mean. You know, he means that you, that Emery didn't have to face COVID. So it's quite a kind of that's that's kind of one element of it. But my question is right—is—is is, are you saying just because Emery had a lot has a lot? Um, uh, victories than than, um, than Arteta, this you know in his in this in this um, if you compare their records, are you saying therefore that you'd rather have Emery as we speak right now than Arteta managing Arsenal? I don't think so.
3: No, I think well, I certainly re- I, I see what Alan does, and in some ways it's a different way of making the same point that I am, which is that you know Arteta has not been good enough. Arteta's performance has not been good enough. Look at the results, look at the league table, look at some of the management of players and decisions. It's not been good enough, but it followed Emery, which really did collapse in its kind of final 12 yeah. weeks, yeah. and the language problems and other things. And it's sort of like you're giving Arteta more time because I think a lot of people have that view oh, God, we can't have another manager. You know, you've got to give him longer. Also, I mean, a couple of things really that happened to Arteta, and it might not all have been ideal for him. But the other one, he was made manager, which I think was wrong to happen Mm. so quickly. But, of course, he was only made manager because the guy before kind of had to get marched out the door for certain reasons i better not expand on in case the libel lawyers are listening.
1: Please don't. but
3: you get the influence. Um, So... It, it, it is it's it's very interesting. Emery, who who had to go, and I, ha- I have no brief for, but was incredibly unlucky in the sense that he was one point or forty five minutes in the final yeah, yeah. from from qualifying for the Champions League, which I think would have given him a boost. And got at you. that point, there was almost nobody talking about him going, was there? no, um, no, no and yeah. was, you know he was he was that close. but he
0: brought that on himself didn't he because it, the collapse the, the picking some of those picks some of those teams he picked in that run it, at the end of the, for his first season were disastrous so even though you're right that was the situation he almost brought it on himself that that was the situation he could have we could have been more more comfortable getting fourth if he hadn't fucked up these team selections and played some terrible terrible teams with mediocre players against you know likes of Wolves off the top of my head etc yeah
3: um so it's it's interesting, but I'm not I'm not Arteta out, yeah. but it's a it is it is a massive few games because obviously you know this is the summer where you which the last legacy summer of some of the terrible contracts and deciding what you have to do, but there are again some really interesting decisions. We talked about um, Lacazette and Aubameyang. You have got the David Luiz decision. That's a big one. You what would you do reports? with Louise?
0: Would you give Louise another contract?
3: Oh, I probably would give one more year because I do think yeah. that there is as a wise head in there that, as I understand it, is quite good with some of the younger players. and as long as you felt, we don't see behind the scenes, so we have to guess. Mm. But as long as what I understand, which is that if he if he bought into it that it was a final year that had an element of being elder statesman or coach, and he was up for that and accepted he probably only plays 20 games, that he could be very useful and he's clever. But, of course, you've got that fascinating decision about William Saliba. Yeah. You know, which, you know, has Arteta just taken against from the very beginning? You you know, you've got, is Martinelli not quite flavour of the month or is it actually just about, I you think know, it- Squeezing the results out now and protecting him a little bit, and he'll come roaring back.
0: I think Ma- Martinelli is different. I think Martinelli. I don't think there's any. I think that's just bad luck, and he's just gone down the the pecking order. And you know, and he did come on, didn't he? It was interesting with William injured by the. You know, thankfully, some would say he Martinelli managed to get what was it, 50 minutes or something. I think because of that, because he's now he got. Pe- pe- pecking order above, uh, slightly about yeah. where he was the last few weeks. So I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any like particular issue at all with Martinelli. Yeah. I think it's just And I think he really likes him. But the Saliba thing is fascinating, whether he changes his mind about him. He's having a good season by all accounts. Look, and of course, some of
3: this will be driven by what happens with our friend the UEFA Conference League, yes. or the Europa League, or yeah. the Champions League. I'll if, tell if you what. Qualify, if we don't qualify for any of them, oh, we god, not
0: yeah. need be such a big squad. <laughs> That's true. That's true,
2: Josh.
3: God, but also, the
0: big squad.
2: it depends. Also, Tim presumably on what kind of transfer fees they can command for some of the players that they're, you know, very keen to offload. And you know, you there think won't there be transfer fees, Josh. Gwen I mean, there's what would you do with well, him then?
3: You well, you when I say there won't be transfer fees, you might get seven, eight million, or. Well, or you give him away and someone picks him up. But that's not necessarily the end of the world because you should be able to buy players for less as well. Yeah. But, you know, I do laugh. I see people kind of saying to me, oh, they go, oh, we'll get 100 million in because that's that's oh. Lacazette, Gwendozy, Terreira." Nah. And, and I'm no. like, I, and, you know, sometimes if I've got a spare bit of time, I'll go back to them and say, can you just tell me what club you think is buying them? Because, <laughs> you know, but, and that, of course, stumps them a little bit. But people are working on, the sort of historic value of what these players might be worth. But it doesn't matter so much because probably if you're if you're ruthless and scouting well, you can buy players for half or a third of what you might expect to pay for them, or you start doing more loan deals.
0: Yeah, definitely we'll do more loans. It deals, doesn't
3: mean, I don't yeah. think that there won't be new players coming into Arsenal and players going out of Arsenal, but I don't think there'll be big transfer fees around either side.
0: Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. Just 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 to go back a little bit on on the Emery Arteta thing. Just I just want to say this because um Le Grove put out um that we had terrible um we have, sorry, I've I've I can't speak all of a sudden. <laughs> um he put out this stats showing that Arsenal's position since Christmas is fourth and he was like saying, you know, Top four since Christmas, second for goal score. This is all since Christmas. So it's talking about our, our since we've come out of that terrible period. The football we play is better. Um, we dominate nearly every team. I mean, that's probably slightly, slightly, we could you certainly didn't dominate West Sam until, you know, until the second half. Um, the biggest issue is unforced errors. I agree with that. The biggest issue is unforced errors. I do think, and I said this a couple of weeks ago when I made when I said the thing about um, you know, the league never lies. Well, it might lie slightly if you're constantly being having. Having individual errors, which you know, and your XG is better than most other teams, etc. But the reason why I bring all this up, which is all part of this Twitter discussion, is I think the reason why, for me, Arteta is best than Emery is he's got us playing a a particularly good, structured, and quite attractive, particularly now with Odegaard and Smith Rowe, etc., and Zaka playing having a great season. And I just think he's come up with a way of playing that is much, much better than we ever had with Emery, or certainly we had, you know, in, the, in, his, in his second season when it all went horribly wrong. And I can see us improving it's what LeGrove calls the eye test. And I think he's right. He, I think he's got a point. It's like, sometimes you can, you've can you got all these stats, but actually you can see with your own eyes that Arteta has got us playing in a way that is better. And I'm not saying, you know, we're still prone to, to individual errors. And for me, that goal on, on against West Ham, I think the goalkeeper should have saved that. And I thought, you know, a lot of things came up because the goalkeeper was having a bit of a dodgy game as well. But generally, but looking forward, I think I see absolute, glimmers more even than glimmers of a way to play and that narrative to use that trendy word I think Arteta's got a narrative of hope and attractive football and a and a structure that's going could work pretty well whereas I don't think Emery ever ever came anywhere near having that and I used to used to defend him quite a lot as Joshua remember you know week in week out but that's why I feel to me the comparison is a bit kind of well who cares because Arteta is obviously doing a better job in coming up with something that's going to work now and in the future,
3: I largely agree, but the, the problem with that assessment or taking it 100% is when your benchmark is how Arsenal were playing in October, November, and December. That's a pretty low benchmark, isn't it? Your benchmark should be are Arsenal performing like a team that will finish in the top four and give decent showings in the Champions League. Well, since Christmas, and I'm we not sure. Been. Do you think so?
0: Well, statistically, yes. Let's say we're literally fourth in the Premier League since Christmas.
3: Yeah, by goal difference or something, clinging on to the fourth spot.
0: Yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, that's Man United, Man City, Leicester, Arsenal. That's pretty good form. That is good form. No, it is. And I I do agree with the eye test. But like
3: I say, is the eye test comparing us with what Arsenal should be based on a £230 million wage bill and the, the squad of players? Or is the eye test based on, quite frankly, I mean, it's a good job there was a national lockdown in sort of the worst of the winter because you literally had to lock me in to watch that shit most games. I mean, <laughs> we were putting it on, weren't we? Because we literally had nothing yeah. else in our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, was designed, it was Mind was what would we have been doing if we weren't locked down? Go to watch it in the stadium. Tim,
2: um, <laughs> not, not only were you, you know, locked in, you were being asked at one point to pay £15 for the privilege of watching it. Extra. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That lasted, lasted about a, a week, ball. didn't it? A couple of weeks, was it Aston Villa game, I think? Yeah. Maybe the Burnley game? I can't Gosh, remember. A couple of games like where we yeah. pay like £15 a... to watch us do absolutely One of the
3: good outcomes of that was we raised £45,000 for one of the Islington COVID charities. They oh, yeah, yeah, To donate to the charity oh, right. rather than that. And it did. It shamed the Premier League clubs and Arsenal into changing the policy. And, you know, now we are going to be able to watch Arsenal every game, certainly until. The end of the season but i think next year um with it looking like everybody will be back in the emirates in august but the broadcast will revert to normal everyone will be that, back do you think Isn't that exciting we'll be back at games again together
2: oh i can't wait i can't wait yeah um, do you have any indication tim from your connections uh, an insight about the latest on fans being at the yes final game and there had obviously been some discussion that it would be unfair to only have one round of fixtures with fans
3: yes so what's happening is well two two different things are happening on May the 15th the FA Cup final will have 20,000 fans at it and that's going to be quite interesting and a little bit confusing because those 20,000 won't be socially distanced when they're inside in fact they deliberately won't be socially distanced (laughs) because it's a test of what happens they will all be allowed in because they will have a COVID certification process of either having been vaccinated or have taken a lateral flow test to show that they are, I was going to use the word clean, but you know what I mean, before they go in. Because that's how that's how yeah. we're going to get crowds back. Yeah. The following week after that, in theory, Arsenal would be allowed to have 10,000 fans in for the game against Brighton. Premier League clubs are concerned that You know, you could have Arsenal-Brighton deciding things like qualification for the UEFA Conference League or Brighton getting relegated. I think you've got a fascinating game, Fulham-Newcastle. What could be on that? So they said, we'd rather try and play, give each club a, a home game. So there is talk that they will actually push the season back three or four days so that they can fit a home and an away game for every club after the roadmap of May the 17th.
2: So you think like games in week thirty six or thirty seven might become thirty eight plus one or you know I so think to
0: speak?
3: We are due, is it? Let me get this right. We're due to play Brighton on the twenty something. Twenty
0: third, twenty third. Yeah, that event. would
3: that would get pushed back to like the twenty fifth or the twenty sixth, and on the twenty third we would. Go the palace game would be pushed back a week if you see what I mean. Oh, okay, so in wow. effect, match day 37 would move back right to be after the government's um roadmap change because the, the the roadmap is that you can have up to 10,000 fans in or 25 percent from May the 5th 17th. Sorry, May the 17th, yeah.
2: Um, so, but but, um, but but what about Tim? If Arsenal are in a Europa League final, then well, I
3: think our chances of going to Gdansk at the moment are pretty slim. Based well, no, on I league.
2: meant just from a playing point of view, like because that game would be Arsenal's game against you know whoever. Europa League finals are twenty six of May, so it would get particularly complicated.
3: It would get very tight in that instance, yes. But Boyd, don't worry, because Boyd thinks he can just rotate everybody.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I'll tell you what, what we'll do, we'll send one team over to Gdansk and then we'll keep another team back in London. We'll have it covered. lose both games
3: and be nowhere. I haven't actually spotted that. I thought thought the game against the final was a week later.
2: No, I'm all over it for work reasons. I, I need to know these things, and it definitely is the uh, the Wednesday. Oh, I should know because somewhere
3: in my booking.com account, I'm sure I've got a hotel room in in Gdansk. Because being the eternal optimist, I always book the final location like on the first day of the wow. season. Wow. Well,
0: just in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's brilliant.
3: Um, um, so there we yeah. go. But, if, but what's if happening? You didn't go if you didn't go to Arsenal Burnley and you entered the ballot, the ballot will restart, and with 10,000 tickets, it would give you a 50% better chance of being picked for that game. So fingers crossed, you might get to watch an Arsenal game this season, and that would be quite nice, because then you can keep up that thing of I've seen Arsenal at least every year since you sat in the back row of the North Bank, Josh, as an eight-year-old
0: yeah, I yeah,
2: uh, could uh, try and keep that going. Boyd, you're about to ask Tim another question.
0: Oh, yeah, slightly off topic, but what's happening with the Euros? Are the Euros going to have work like this as well? Because obviously, the
3: those...
2: Euros
0: UEFA have
3: set every country because you know it's been staged in like 11 yeah. different cities, yeah. the first week of April, um, for. The, for confirmation of what they can do. One of the reasons that the government is testing the FA Cup final with 20,000 is to prioritise getting Wembley right. Um, and Wembley at the moment is staging the semi-finals and the finals and quite a few yeah. group range. I think, all being well, we will see quite good crowds there. In theory, the roadmap allows 90,000 in Wembley after the 23rd of June which oh, would wow. actually mean that the England-Czech Republic game in the final group stage at Wembley would be full. Now, I think a lot of people are still cautious that we will go to 100% as yeah. soon as that date. But I think there will be good-sized crowds in Wembley for the Euros.
0: Oh, good. Oh, that's which is exciting.
3: exciting. Yeah, that
0: is exciting, and, yeah. And then because
3: also, if you, if you, yep. if, for those listeners that are really missing out on their dose of Arsenal, I think you will see an expanded or at very least a continuation of a strong Emirates Cup and other friendlies because they won't be allowed to travel anywhere um, still. So Mm. they will play games at the Emirates. So I think you'll see Arsenal play at the Emirates in July.
2: That was was kind of a thing from almost a bygone era, the uh, UK domestic friendlies of, you know, watching Arsenal Barnet or or other sort of teams in the football league. it sort of be something almost quite quite nice about a return to the friendlies that aren't all about, you know, the sponsorship and which other clubs around Europe are also sponsored by Emirates and everything like that. So yeah, that would be quite nice to to see, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, it'd be lovely, yeah. Um, oh, that, no, that is that is exciting, though, about, about all the uh, all having all the crowds in because it has been let's face it, you know, it has been sold, hasn't it? It's been oh, it's rubbish, yeah. It, it's it's uh, we only
2: watch it
3: because we've got nothing else to do, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah.
2: <laughs> boy, yeah, boy, you're missing you're, you're missing your 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 bean burgers and everything oh. else at club level.
0: Yeah. I hope maybe it went when... I was well, I interviewed uh, Dermot today, Dermot O'Leary today, from for my other for my job for professional reasons. He was talking about one of the things we really miss is having a lovely lunch at a uh, favorite um turkish greek Korea, whatever is, yeah. restaurant on blackstock road and that which always we'd make always be the five minutes late for the kickoff because it takes us so long to get there to the ground uh much but, too but
2: but I, I think that's the same with so many groups of people isn't it they, they don't just miss the the 90 minutes and getting annoyed and enjoying yeah. it is the the getting out and, and seeing people and being sociable and you know i'm sure you know so many of those restaurants around arsenal i mean look they obviously don't rely solely on on football traffic but knowing that they've got those 25 odd dates of the year and, and tim probably knows more about you know some of the pubs and whatnot it's it'll be huge and uh you know small businesses who Will benefit hugely from having the fans back so hopefully um we might even get there in may and then yeah definitely uh, again from next season
3: it reminds me that football is social isn't it it's yeah and also um and we started sort of talking anniversaries and birthdays but it's the consistency of it in your life so when i think of arsenal you know it's Arsenal for me started with school, but then I've got university, then I've got different jobs. You've got different stages in your life. And the only thread throughout all of them is your football club because things move on with the friendship groups in the other areas. But because for whatever reason I've become addicted to it or can't get away from it, the Arsenal friends are the longest standing friends and the longest routines. So you do really miss it. And then you have to watch this sort of soulless rubbish on television and i'm sure i'm slightly joined this because of some of what we had to watch but it really isn't the same thing is it No, i've added on top of that var we've got bloody var
0: anyway that's the next podcast yeah 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 you've mentioned a lot in the answer, but you're right it's a very good point yeah also funnily enough i was thinking the other day that apps because we haven't got people in our in our you know flats or whatever we have to so i'm looking looking at all the all the games on tv on my own you know I live on my, i'm i not you know so it's kind of that even that's different like you would have mates around if i haven't got tickets i don't go away very much to my to my shame um i know you two do much more than me but so you know i would watch all arsenal TV games and i have friends around to watch them you might meet in a
3: pub, okay, or, or a pub exactly friends. so it's all those things thing, yeah on whole, and one more
0: experience. thing and the, and the freaky game times and and scheduling. Like for example, I'm gonna, I, I, I This is a link to the fact that we had have, have to, got to predict what's going to happen in the Arsenal Liverpool game, our next home game. We were in the interlull. I'm already bored by international football. He hasn't even fucking started yet. Um, but I'm already furious. We have to wait so long. Saturday, third of April, is our next game at Liverpool. It's at eight o'clock on a Saturday night. What time? What kind of fucking? <laughs>
2: Well, that only got changed uh, this week, you know, Boyd. That was, uh, that was changed in the last uh, couple of days. I know. But, uh, is that it doesn't particular... matter. You're not going out anywhere. Yeah. I know, what, what, what's so an... bad about
0: that? I don't think our team plays. I remember when we were playing on Sunday night at 7.15, 7.30? 7. We... There was a period where we played two or three, and then we played terribly every single time.
2: I don't Yeah, think... that was 7.15 on a Sunday, Boyd. Eight o'clock yeah, on yeah, a yeah. Saturday, we'll be firing on all cylinders. I wouldn't worry about that. Saturday <laughs> okay. night. It's going to be okay. great. What are, what are we up oh, against? I'm, I'm and, fully and, in favour, by De- the way. Arsenal primetime, Saturday Night TV. I'm totally in favour of it. Don't, don't Boy, me I, I don't know if this was you as a TV, you know, with your TV work hat on, you're upset that we can't watch Ant and Deck, or, or what are you upset about? That football shouldn't be on <laughs> to rival mainstream <laughs> telly at that time of night? It's a disgrace. Yeah, I have to watch Saturday Night Takeaway. No, I think. Are you um, going to
0: record Arsenal and watch Saturday <laughs> Night Takeaway? Shut, shut the fuck up. No, of course not. <laughs> um, Watch the first hour of Saturday Night Takeaway anyway because of the eight <laughs> o'clock start, the incredibly late start. Um, what do we think? So, yeah, let's let's do the thing that this podcast is unique for and predict what the fuck <laughs> is gonna happen in that game. Oh my god, I'm quite terrified about it already. I think it'll
3: be four-all. We'll be four nil <laughs> down at half time, and it will be four all. Good
0: prediction. Good <laughs> prediction. I think I predicted lots of goals in that West Ham Arsenal game, brother. I can't I don't I didn't predict three, three, but
2: um Josh, what do you think? one all I think I think we can get a point I don't think it greatly helps us if we if we only get a point in terms of I think yeah. that you know if we if we're talking we were 6 to 1 to to get in the uh, top 6 would obviously you know that would go further if we if we can't win but a point against the Liverpool side you know I still think they've got phenomenal players and I know what you're saying that Chelsea who are currently in fourth are in great form have been so impressive not letting a goal at home under Tuchel which is phenomenal I still think Liverpool are going to give it a massive go towards the end of the season so yeah one all from me Boyd I'm
0: going to go I'm going to go two all in a similar vein um, I think there'll be yeah there'll be goals I think it'll be an exciting game and are you sticking with four all as your prediction
3: yeah because I've got um, to have a draw I've got to have a draw result different to yours I think it will be close so I would agree with that and I think that Looking at the table, the real, real big sort of wow game is Everton, their yeah. rivals, two or three weeks yeah. later, because I feel like they're the one you've got to get ahead of if you're going to play in a decent European
2: competition. Yeah, and that's also, I mean, it's, what, it's good also to be. my point
3: about you've got to come six.
2: When we come back, then it is a bit exciting to have a quarter final of of Europe to look forward to is um is, re- is really great as well. So yeah, hopefully this international break will go quick. We've only got one player in the in the England squad, don't we? Just Saka. So we'll we'll cheer yeah. him on. Yeah. Hopefully, uh hopefully he has a good um three, three matches in this, uh, in, it's this, like, this uh, in the attacking,
0: in the attacking, um, yes, the squad. last time he was in the defending, him and Watkins. shows what an yeah. incredible player he is, that he was, you know, he can fucking play anywhere, you know. can't he? And Brilliant. Yeah. No, I'm thrilled for him. Well, thank you very much, Tim. Um, uh, it's welcome. been wonderful as ever. Uh, thank you, Josh, um, for correcting all my errors. <laughs> and uh, thanks to everyone for listening. And um, yeah, we'll be back. We'll probably have a week, we'll have a week off, won't we? And then we'll be back. Just after the Liverpool game. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. This is a playback media production. To listen to all our football podcast, visit playbackmedia.co.uk.
1: Sports social podcast network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?